Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. C. C, senior. Wednesday already? Dimly mm. lit room deep up on the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody, midweek, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. I'm going with the Rittenhouse jury. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Everybody awaiting their word, their ruling. Yeah, I think a lot of people expect them to come back today, right? And all day yesterday. Uh, if, if they didn't come back today, I would be very surprised. Uh-huh. Weighing a... Uh, there are five counts, I think, still might, might, the judge might have whittled it down to four. There are several counts, including murder. So it doesn't surprise me that the jury is d- deliberately deliberating. Yeah, more on that in a second. That's an interesting thing. Um, uh, this is Warrior Foundation Freedom Station Week. We gotta tell you what that organization is all about. It's one of the best things. If you're, if you're gonna donate to charity, you're gonna give to something that's about as good as you can do with your money anywhere in the nation. Especially in terms of use of your money, and we'll explain more about that later. Heck yeah. If you feel that impulse to help our heroes when they need it the most, but you're looking for an organization that's incredibly thrifty and careful with your money, it's Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You know, I don't know if donating to a charity makes a person a philanthropist, but philanthropy is not as easy as it, well, if you want to be good at it, as it would sound. Now, uh, this is a cynical view, but... A certain number of rich people get into philanthropy, it seems to me, for the uh, social cachet as much as anything else in the various well, get-togethers that you're uh, you're involved in and everything like that. But if you just flat out want your money to go as far as possible, I always remember reading the um, biography of uh, John Rockefeller. Mellencamp? Jo- oh, yes, sorry. John Mellencamp. Mm. And he lived in a small town. Mm. Uh, no, he was born in a small town. J.D. Rockefeller. Um, I read the biography years ago, and uh, he was the richest man in the world. Maybe the richest man has ever been, although that might not be true anymore with Elon Musk, even adjusted for inflation. Elon Musk might be the richest man ever. But um, J.D. Rockefeller, he, he, he retired very early because he had so much money, and he went into full-time philanthropy, and it became a more uh, a time-consuming job than the one he had to make his money in terms of trying to... To figure out which organizations were real, which ones are fraudulent, and then stay on top of them to make sure that they spent his money wisely. Sure. Yeah. It's really not easy to do. I mean, the advantage with Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is we've known Sandy for so long, and she is, if there is such thing as a saint on earth, she's it. And... uh and you can be confident your money's going to be spent well, but more on that later. Well, hey. And that has that has to do with a strong moral commitment to both ends of the equation, both uh, responsibility mm-hmm. to the recipients of the the uh, the charity and also responsibility to the givers of the charity, which is not universal. It reminds me of the great principle of economics that, that there are there are what is it four different ways to spend money. There is spending your own money. You're concerned about the value and the quality. You're, then there's you spending someone else's money on yourself. You're concerned about the quality, but not so much the value. And on and on till if you are spending somebody else's money on somebody else, you don't care about the value or the quality. You're just letting it pass through you. You're keeping a share, which is the what the government does, by the way. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Warrior Foundation is super morally responsible. 
And if you want to donate, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com. We haven't told you what they do yet, but we will do that this hour. Um, we need to begin the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this How Did It Get To Be Wednesday already, November 17th, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin then, officially according to FCC rules and regulations, leaping into action at Mark. The people who were protesting against what Rittenhouse did, do they, do they think that he will be convicted just when they were talking to you? Uh, frankly, they, they don't. And part of this is pushing that. They think that they want to push uh, and pressure the jury or pressure the court to hold Kyle Rittenhouse accountable, accountable in, the, in their words. Ah, mob pressure on juries. That served black people great through the centuries. That is a reporter on Joy Reid's show on MSNBC stating what I'm sure is true. I can't believe they said it out loud that the protesters, using my finger quotes because I have a, have a feeling these protesters are going to start burning things down and attacking people if the uh, if Rittenhouse walks. Um, they're pre-rioters. But they're saying out loud, yeah, we're trying to pressure the jury. So the jury, unlike most of our super high-profile cases that we all follow as a nation, this jury's not sequestered. They finished deliberating last night. They walked out to the parking lot, got in their own car, drove to their own house. And how would you like that, knowing the whole country's watching and the way some people feel about this? That it's just a de- it's, it's the definition of white supremacy if you were to let him go. How would right. you like that, that you're just out there and everybody knows who you are? It's pretty easy to figure out who you are. And it's funny because that narrative has become pretty much omnipresent, that this is about white supremacy and race and the rest of it, even though, and you probably know this, everybody involved directly in the trial is a white person. Uh, But because the young man dared to oppose in in any way the looting and rioting and arson of a hell of a lot of crazy white people that night, He's somehow against Black Lives Matter, therefore against black people in general, therefore this is about race. I mean, you've got to really stretch to to get to that narrative, but they've managed on all the left-wing media. If one of those people he'd shot had been black, holy crap, what would the country be about to go through? Yeah, that's a good point, unfortunately. Um uh, just looking at some pushing and shoving, and uh, where is that? Yeah, I looked around the TV. Yep, that's in front of the Rittenhouse trial, in front of the courthouse. Pushing and shoving between a big white guy and a big black guy. That's oh, boy. just fantastic. So is the black guy there to defend the child rapist or the grandmother beating burglar? Or the uh, what was the other guy guilty of? Half a dozen things. Which Which one of those is he there to lionize? I would like to think that if I'm on a jury, I'm going to just do what's right. But I got to tell you, if I if that crowd is get, I'm sure they've seen the crowd. The jury's had to be be completely aware of the crowd, even though they're not supposed to take in any news about this. You'd you'd, you'd have to be aware of it or your husband or wife would have to say, hey, did you see the crowd that's forming outside? Well, and I'm told you can hear some of the chanting in the courtroom. And again, not being sequestered. It's not like you're going getting on a bus or taking to a hotel. No, you're just walking out to the parking lot, getting in your car, waving to the mob as you drive to your home in a relatively small town. And uh, it would have to seep into the back of your mind that, hey, one of these charges Anybody Anybody up for one of these charges, at least? Well, you're a weak man and a poor juror. It wouldn't leak into my mind. My mind is disciplined. My mind is a Navy SEAL. 
Yeah, I think I think it would. I think it would, whether you recognize it or not. You would you would give more time to the least charge than you normally would. Well, I those of you whose you. minds are I don't know park rangers or parking meter attendants, you'd have to. That's yeah, of course it would be it would be a mental struggle. Of course it would. Yeah. You're, okay. Well, you're a robot. You're a robot if you're sitting in that room and right before you clear him of all charges, if it doesn't click into your mind, uh, the second this is announced, it's going to be nothing but mayhem out there. And I got to go out and get in my car and drive to my house. Yeah. Yeah. And you do. Sure. And they're humans. Jury are your peers. And you think there aren't going to be people that follow some of these jurors to their homes if they let this kid walk? And now you got a mob that's posting your address on the Internet? I hope the Kenosha police and the state police and the National Guard and the freaking Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines and the Navy SEALs I just mentioned, I hope they are all there ready to respond with swift and brutal force to anybody who would dare threaten a juror. I would, I would, I would pray for Old Testament vengeance on anybody who wants that, who, who did that. I'm not particularly proud of that impulse, but it makes me angry. God, I, I hope nothing like that happens, but it's certainly a possibility. Oh, there's so many stupid, crazy people running around. Please. I mean, like, you know, the the people rioting and burning and looting that day. Bunch of radical, young, white, child rapist, grandmother-beating, drunk-driving burglars. They were criminals. They were freaking criminals. They weren't out there because of, you know, racial understanding and justice. They're freaking criminals. I think there's a decent chance if you're a juror and Rittenhouse walks on all charges... That your name and address are on the internet this afternoon, if they aren't already. I would leave town for a while. Man, oh You know, man. you're a working man or woman. I guess you go stay at the Holiday Inn or something for a while, because you got to go to work. And have the mob go to your house while your wife and kids are there, your husband well, and no, kids are mom, there. Mom and kid, though, well, the wife and kids Get are coming with me. Get everybody out of the house? Heck yeah. Pull them out of school? Yeah, it's a heck of a thing, but it'd probably be the smart thing to do. Anyway, I hope none of that stuff happens, but I'll bet it does. Because we have made it okay to exercise political violence yep. in this country yep. for an entire summer, you know, I, I particularly uh, on one side of uh, politics. Yes, absolutely. And on the other side, where there's violence, it was roundly and rightfully condemned. Always will on the be left, here. Not so much. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's it's nice. It's good. It's uh, it's a mood lifter because I'm just I'm feeling fiery right now. I need to I need to simmer down a little bit. Maybe the best mood lifter. We're going to talk to an. Actual warrior who benefited from Freedom Station Warrior Foundation in about 15 minutes. You're going to hear right out of his mouth what this organization can do for our troops. And you're going to want to give at armstrongandgetty.com. So all that on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. YouTube TV sucks now. I feel bad for uh, convincing anybody to get rid of their cable or satellite and use YouTube TV because they've uh, changed the way they do things, and I now find it almost unusable. I hate it when products change. YouTube TV is unusable? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh, that's funny. Hans, I use it. You're not having problems. Hans and I were just talking about their new their new way they're doing it with commercial breaks and all those sort of. It just make it's on. Well, I have to go back to satellite. I guess. 
Yeah, maybe I just F haven't you, run into YouTube it. TV. Oh, that's not strong I stuff. thought the whole point of paying for a thing was you don't have to have all those ads and uh, whatever. Anyway. Um, why would you donate money to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station? You're about to find out. You're going to hear from a guy who benefited from it coming up in a little bit. Stay with us, please. Right now, your freedom-loving quote of the day. I mentioned this earlier in the show yesterday or later, uh, but I, I love this quote. And the reason this is relevant, I think, um, uh, people frequently use this quote in terms of religion, and I think we all look back on the day that uh, religions, quote-unquote, were actually political power. Your, hey! Uh, Pre-Reformation. Somebody just jumped in with a little fight from drum. Exactly. Well, somebody opened the door. The uh, Fife and Drum Corps practicing. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, the problem is the whole social justice thing, the woke thing, the BLM thing. It has so many earmarks of a religion. There are articles of faith. If you uh, disagree with them, you're a heretic. You won't be listened to. You'll be cast out. You'll be portrayed as evil. Uh, they take so much of it on faith, even though there's no evidence to prove that, say, safe spaces help anybody or whatever. Um and so the new religion, the new woke religion, is what we're talking about. Uh, the great Voltaire said, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Or, as uh, Orwell said, uh, there's no truth but the never-ending present, and what the party tells you is the truth. So, commit no atrocities, no matter what the verdict is, say, in a particular trial. Melbeck! I have more on that later. Remind me of that later. Some uh, podcast I was taking in about propaganda and lies and how they affect the brain they're now learning. It's really interesting stuff. Super. And love to hear about that. Scary. Yeah. A couple of uh, comments on the uh, Rittenhouse trial via mailbag. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. First, the Rittenhouse jury is disproportionately low on black jurors. We've heard that multiple times, haven't we? Kenosha is about 11.5% African-American. That means out of a panel of 18 people, there should be about 1.8 black members. And there's one. A travesty! Where's that other 0.8 black person? Also... And I just, I just, I don't, I don't like going down this road of assuming that everybody roots for their tribe or votes for their tribe no matter what. Or their race. The race, the race, yeah. That's just, that's not good to make that assumption. Uh, let's see. And this, uh, Tim, this is a little long, but I thought it was pretty good. I would I was... convict a white guy who was a scumbag without thinking about it for a half a second, the fact that he was white. I of don't course. care. If he's a scumbag, I want him in jail for the rest of his life. Well, and I was on a jury. I qu- acquitted a black guy who, frankly, didn't deserve to be convicted. So, anyway, uh, I was, uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to have had a chance to watch or listen to 70% of the Rittenhouse trial uh, that includes up to in a live stream that includes up to 10 practicing lawyers who provide their commentary and opinions and other insights for the 30 percent I watched. I missed rather. I watched the recap hosted by the same lawyers. I say all this to say this. If this is an example of the criminal justice system, then we're in a mess of trouble. Binger, the lead prosecutor, is a creep who would use any tactic to secure a win, regardless of facts or justice. It occurs to me that if this is what black people have been complaining about for so long, then I'm on their side. Oh, people are wrongfully convicted all the time. And particularly, we've gotten better and better as a system. Um, but particularly 10, 20, 30 years ago, people got wrongly convicted all the time, and a hell of a lot of black people got convicted wrongly. If you, if, if you don't admit that's true, you're a fool. You're blind. 
That doesn't mean you, you, you burn cities down when a guy who pulled a knife on the cops gets shot. You also can't fix it by wrongly convicting different people to try to balance right. it out. Well, Ibram Kendi thinks you do. And he's, because uh, racism that, that leads to better things is okay. They're teaching your children that. Um, uh, he goes into some detail. Most of the people who voiced an opinion on this trial have linked their beliefs about the un- outcome with their political viewpoints. Um, and the networks are framing everything in a way that drives us into conflict with one another. They profit on our hating one another. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah, point, yeah, Tim. Yeah. They have no, they feel no responsibility to quiet things down. As a matter of fact, they, uh, they feel an obligation to do the opposite, stir things up. Thank God there are 500 National Guard troops there. I think that stops it crazy mayhem from happening. I hope so. I hope so. And then as to the specifics of what happened the night in question, he, um, he points out, and I think it's a good point, Kyle Rittenhouse was not out there to protect a business from a bunch of peaceable protesters. He was protecting it from a smaller group of anarchists and communists and, and rioters who were planning wanton destruction. Those radicals are just as much an enemy to the peaceful protesters as they were to the people he was standing with. I would agree. Some of the radical lefties BLM people think it's good and, and justified to loot and burn and hurt. I think they're crazy and, and, and ugly people, and if we let them get the upper hand, we're screwed. A lot of you know about Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We've been talking about it for years, but if you're new to the show and you say, well, I'll donate money, but tell me what the darn thing is. Well, you're going to hear from a guy who's actually benefited coming up in a little bit. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I was watching some coverage of the China Summit, Xi and Biden, on PBS, and what their guest said shocked me. Wow. And we'll shock you. We'll tell you about that later in the program. Plus, they're not pedophiles. They're minor attracted people. The latest effort in academia to normalize the perverse. Stay with us. Also, did you hear about the rock and roll chick who urinated on the guy? Have you seen that? Hear about it. I saw the entire video. Oh, boy. We should we should bring that up, I suppose. I, uh, I'm not paying for a front row seat for that. This was supposed to be a better seat. That seems like a better seat back there. The seat where you don't get urinated on. <laughs> That's the one I want next time. <laughs> it's like going to a Gallagher show, but... Gross. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Significantly worse than watermelon. Uh, So one week a year. All right. One week a year. We ask you for money. And uh, we're very careful about who we choose to ask money uh, for, um, for you to donate to. And Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is is what we're all into. And um, we've been doing this for years. And a lot of you, man, as soon as we opened it up on Monday, you jumped on right away and you were donating money because you've heard over the years what a great, great organization where Foundation Freedom Station is. But in case you're not up to speed on it, maybe uh, we thought we would talk to somebody who's actually benefited from this uh, great organization um, and have them on the air. And now, we'll see if you want to donate after this. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Josue Barone, U.S. Marine, retired. Uh, always great to talk. Josue, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Oh, of course, yeah. It's our, our pleasure and our honor. Just a quick background to Josue, who joined the Marines at age 17, conducting a foot patrol in Afghanistan when his fellow Marines stepped on an improvised explosive device. They were both injured, with Josue losing his left egg and left eye in the blast, transported back to Naval Medical Center San Diego for treatment and recovery. Um, and, and at that point... Uh, Josue, you can take up the tale. There you are in the hospital. How did you become aware of Warrior Foundation Freedom Station? Uh, what what were you feeling at that point? What was what did the world seem like in those days? Yeah, so um, there I was at at the Naval Medical Center in San Diego, about to begin, you know, a long road to recovery. And I th- I was 21 years old at that time, and and I just felt like my world was over. I just felt like I didn't know what you know, how an amputee was going to live a life or how somebody with a disability like mine was going to, you know, continue a life, you know, build a family or just, just you know, pick myself up. I, I had no idea. Um, and that's when when I met, you know, Sandy from the Warrior Foundation and and just people that were there to uplift us and help us out and show us that, you know, there's still a lot more that we can do and a lot more um, that, we're going to continue to do. And I met um, Sandy from the Warrior Foundation at an event. Uh, me and my wife had gone to an event. I met her there. And she had a picture of the Warrior, uh, of the Freedom Station, the first one that they ever built. And I asked her, what was that, you know, housing for? And she told me it was for veterans or guys, wounded warriors that were transitioning from from the military to civilian, you know, to the civilian world. And that it was, you know, meant for us. And I asked her, you know, if I can live there, you know, if there was any way I can join them. And, you know, she made it happen. And from there, a lot of my neighbors that lived there were other amputees, guys, even guys from my unit that I knew um, that ended up living there. So just ending up in a place like that, you know, building a community, knowing that there was other guys going through the same thing that I was going through really, really helped me out. And just having the resources from Sandy, her staff, and, you know, all the, all the people that were there to help us just made a huge, huge difference uh, towards my recovery. So brave veterans like Josue who are, you know, transitioning from the military to civilian life is hard enough for anybody, but then you're transitioning with these injuries, and there you are at Freedom Station, uh, surrounded on all sides by other injured veterans that you can talk to and get support from, including, as you mentioned, several from your own unit. We've visited Freedom Station many times to see these guys and the way they come together and, and you know, and, and have each other's backs and support each other. It's really something. I mean, it's something that well, I was about to say money can't buy, but money can buy it. When you go to armstrongandgetty.com and you click on the banner and you donate some money so that we can have more stories like this in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's a place, you know, where, it's a place where, where guys heal and, and we're at peace, you know, and, and just I have a story from where right across the street from, from the Freedom Station there's a Starbucks. And when I first got injured, I was afraid to go out in the public because I didn't know how people were going to re- react to, you know, an amputee or somebody like myself. I just felt different. And and I had asked Sandy and, you know, a couple of the ladies that were uh, volunteering if they could help me go to that Starbucks and just walk with me. And just having that little bit of support, you know, made a huge difference because, if I was by myself, I don't know if I would have had the guts to do it at that time. 
Yeah, that's that's uh, that's something a lot of us can't relate to, but we've heard it from so many guys. Um, it's absolutely true that support is just critical to making that transition. And speaking of transitions, now am I correct? You have three boys. Yeah, now you know. Now I have three boys, and you know I've been married for eleven years now, and and you know I got, I got to build a family that 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 I wanted, you know. That's right. fantastic. That's beautiful. Working, contributing, and and I assume, well, I know this actually, but you're doing what you can to help out guys who are going through similar experiences. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like I got injured at a young age, and and I was I was in my in my prime, and I felt like I was becoming a leader in the Marine Corps, but you know the the injury cut my career short there, and once I got back on my feet out here as a civilian, as a veteran, I felt like there was more to me that needed to be done. And, and if I can, you know, inspire other veterans, inspire other people with disabilities, I felt like, you know, that's my purpose. Well, you're a good man. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you helping us raise money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Josue Baron, Josue, great to talk to you, man. Best of uh, luck and, and best wishes to your whole family. Hey, thank you very much. Thank we you. we send these people out to keep the free world free. When they get injured in the line of duty, we owe it to them to give them these sorts of opportunities that you just heard about from Josue. Donate money. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Click on the banner. If you've had a good year or if you've just had an okay year. I mean, you just heard that story there. You didn't get your eye blown out and your leg blown off, I'm guessing. Um, donate some money. Any amount's good. We appreciate your support. It's, uh, you know, we're not quote unquote asking you for money. We're asking you to support a great organization. If you can, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrongandgetty.com. I'm hoping to hear from my whales. Where are my whales at? Y'all got some money, you whales? Let's give it to these heroes. We got one whale here donated. Uh, so a lot of donations come in. Uh, you, some of you podcasters, you thieving podcasters who listen later in the day. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Jacqueline Vona contributed fifteen hundred bucks. That's that's a that's a good chunk of money. We appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's a good sized dolphin. It's one of your smaller <laughs> whales. I'm talking about a freaking sperm whale. I want a blue whale. I, where's where's the five figure donations? I mean, and, and you know, the $25, they're fabulous, 50 100 whatever. Whatever you got, the 1500 thank you very much, Jacqueline. Uh, we need whatever whatever you can do. Or the, or the smaller donations, particularly with the funny names. Sorry about the rambling drunken emails, donated $10. Yeah, well, we'll you, get over it. You guys crack me up, thanks for the laughs, in for $100. The independent country of Dianistan donated $100. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's a woman named Diane after a couple of glasses of wine. That's what that is. Wang controlled a major Tom in for $10. Oh, boy. Wow. Wow. Not Joe, tasteful. Joe Biden's puppet master donated 25 bucks. Black bad at Somebody's running the White House. It ain't the old guy. So donating $2.22 was... Dark secret place represent Biden and Harris walk into a bar. Biden says, Trump and pressure. <laughs> what the Tune what? Tune in and pressure. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com and click on the banner to donate. I want to tell you what I heard. I was watching PBS NewsHour yesterday, and they talked about the Biden-She Summit and what their guest said uh, I thought was damned interesting. 
Plus, uh, rock and roll shows are different than when I used to go to them a lot. <laughs> and a perv professor is trying to normalize the phrase minor attracted persons. Oh, boy. Yeah. A professor's trying to get that going? He, oh, yeah, yeah. Perversity on a university campus? Shocking a radical stuff. leftist perv? That's shocking. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Former Trump advisor Steve Bannon surrendered to federal authorities yesterday to face charges of contempt of Congress. And looking at him, I have to assume Congress is a brand of soap. Hey, now. <laughs> the guy's a little uh, unkempt. It's his brand. He's not kempt, that's for sure. Uh, in a second, PBS's view of the Biden summit. Pretty dark. But first, if I buy a front row ticket to a concert, I'm hoping for a guitar pick. Mm, maybe, maybe a drumstick. Oh, oh, a drumstick. Sure, a quick autograph. Handshake. Probably not a quart of urine. So, I've never heard of this band Brass Against. They do, like, heavy rock songs, but with brass instruments, mostly. Oh, cool. As a former trumpet player, that... Uh... Might be able to get into that. You could have been uh, their star. Well, is this for, uh, before we go any further? Has this band got any heft? I mean, have they got any anything going for them? Because if it's just a stunt to get their names on the radio, it was a big show. Okay, okay. there was a big crowd. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, and they got a, a singer by the name of uh, Sophia IP Daily. Actually, her 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 name is Sophia Eurista. Which is okay. funny because Eurista sounds like part of the urinary system to me. <laughs> anyway, so she's she's kicking out her heavy jams and mentions on the mic. I've watched this video because I was like, "What? Wait, because you're into that sort of thing? Not really." <laughs> and uh, you're and, like and she Trump and the hookers in Russia. Th- that's I'm not sure if you've you've heard that's been discredited. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so she mentions like between lines of songs or, or you know like, like in little breaks that I gotta pee. I don't have time to go to the bathroom. And then she just keeps dancing around, singing stuff. And finally, she starts an obscenity-laced, uh, get up here. Did you? You. This guy had a beer can taped to his head. And so she calls him up on stage, has him lay down. She drops her drawers. Oh, and and well, trust me when I say she really had to go. Um, And just, just, well, just urinates all over this guy. And 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 then he like flings it into the crowd. She pulls up her drawers and starts kicking them and says, "Get the f out of here! Get the f out of here!" Very strange. And then continues their jams. Well, the band is embarrassed by the incident and put out an <laughs> apology on Twitter. "Quote: We had a great time last night at Welcome to Rockville, the name of the festival. Sophia got carried away. That's not something the rest of us expected, and it's not something you'll see again at our shows. Thanks for bringing it last night, day twenty. Wow, so we're they're... truly sorry. Not who we are as a band. You so... don't urinate on people's faces as a band, generally speaking. So okay. that's interesting. That's not what I was expecting at all. I thought it was going to be uh, this is their thing. This is how they're going to get attention, and they're different, and they they're going to tie it into equity or something. No, it's a oh, we're sorry about that. That was just, I don't know what we were thinking. 
Well, the direct quote, what was weird is, well, uh, so uh, she she gestures to security, and she says into the mic, get my man with the can on his head ready, because we're going to bring him on stage, and I'm going to pee in this MF's mouth, she declared. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. You didn't say that. But she said it. Anyway, so, so you know she's as good as her word. I'll I'll, I'll say that. Um, but what's weird is while she's doing this, the rest of the band just keeps on a jamming and ignores her. The guitar player at one point's like two steps away and just doesn't even look. Just keeps on jamming. Very odd. Very, and then very they odd. apologize and say, "I sorry, we we we're not going to do that. We we that's not like us. We are truly sorry, not who we are as a band." <laughs> wow, that's Sophia got carried away. That's weird, man. That's not something the rest of us expected. So Joe has been telling us about this new meth for a while. I think I ran into a guy suffering from it. Or maybe I'll tell that story hour two of the Armstrong and Getty Show. It is the factor in the so-called homeless crisis, and nobody wants to talk about it. I've still not heard it anywhere in America except for on this radio show. It threatens the billions of dollars being poured into the homeless industrial complex. I think that's the long and short. Next hour, we'll get into that. How much time have I got, Michael? How many minutes? Okay, this is enough time. So I'm pretty into the whole U.S. versus China thing. If you're a listener to the show, you know that. I've read many books. I've watched many shows. I think about it all the time. I think it is the story of the next century, if not the next 1,000 years, really. If if China were to dominate, God, that could change the world for a very, very long time. Absolutely could. Um, so I was watching PBS NewsHour yesterday afternoon, and they had a couple of guests on to talk about the Biden Xi summit, the first time the two leaders of these uh, great countries have gotten together. It was a Zoom call, but still. And so um, the uh, the host asks her guest, who is a guy named John Mearsheimer of the University of Chicago. I've seen him on TV before. He's a political science guy and well-respected in foreign policy. And he was their guest to talk about this. And she asks him, uh, John, did uh, J- did President Biden further the U.S. interests? And he said, no, he did not, was the answer. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, well, you've got my attention now. And this is on PBS, you know. Yeah. If, if, anything, Notable. They, if anything, they're leaning toward Biden with their, their coverage and their guests. And he said, no, the meeting did not serve the U.S. interest because what Biden's trying to do is impossible and we are destined for conflict with China. Ah. He said, it's this simple. China's stated goals to uh, control the uh, the China Sea in that area and to reunify with Taiwan and our stated goals of not allowing them to do that have no solution other than armed conflict. And that is what's going to happen. And I thought, wow, that is really interesting from this 80 year old political science nerd that they've invited on PBS NewsHour to talk about the summit. Right. No, there's no solving this. And I thought, yeah, that's interesting. You know, if you state it that plainly, if you've got two people with two goals that there's just no getting around it and there's no wiggle room on those, really. Um, the, Yeah, that's just what's going to happen when I don't know what's it going to look like. I don't know who will back down. I don't know. But that's where it's headed. Some of the mainstream media coverage I thought last uh, yesterday was just naive and and dopey in in the way that that he was describing. I, I, you know, if I were to describe that meeting, I would say it's two adversaries, each of whom thinks in the long term that they will dominate. 
seeking to avoid an unnecessary short-term blow-up. Because we believe we can outlast China. We've got a better system. We've got more wealth. We've got more military might. They have terrible demographic problems. They have growing political problems. We need to uh, just wait them out. They're thinking, we got a thousand-year plan. You're decadent. You're fat. You're lazy. Uh, we want to avoid a, a premature conflict, too, before we're good and ready. We have more military might for now, maybe. Depends on how you look at it. Uh, but he wasn't, it didn't sound like he was, um, uh, complaining about the way Biden handled it. He was just pointing out that no, there's, there's, there's no furthering our position. We have our position. They have our position. They don't match. There's no solving it outside of armed conflict. Plus, if you look at the history of the world, an existing power, no upcoming power almost always go to war mm-hmm. like 90% of the time over the last 1500 years. Uh, but I just thought that was, man, that's some plain talk. From uh, from from analysis on PBS NewsHour, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's difficult to disagree with them. I just think the lessons of the Cold War with the Soviet Union, though it was different in many ways, I know. But one of those lessons is sometimes you just wait and keep the pressure up, keep the pressure up, keep the pressure up, and hope they break, blink, weaken, etc. Yeah, I hope so, but uh, there you go. So why can't like Xi Jinping have a heart attack or something? Happens to nice people all the time. Why do dictators live so long? I know. So we told you all about Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. You heard from a guy who benefited from it. Um, Hopefully you donated money. We'll do a total uh, to kick off hour two. You donate by going to armstrongandgetty.com. If you want to put in the funny name where it asks for your name, just put in your funny name there and then your address and all your information. But you put your funny name in there and it'll show up. Uh, just go to armstrongandgetty.com and click on the banner. If you miss an hour of the show, you can get it at armstrongandgetty.com in podcast form. Armstrong and Getty.